I don't know about you all, but I am exhausted. And so today we are going to talk about whatever just floats into my brain and the exhaustion that is the everyday, whatever the health cycle of the news and energy and whatever else. So stay with me and let's see what happens. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So I'm just coming off a family and friend fun-filled 4th of July weekend of the emotional roller coaster of being absolutely psychotically furious at my country that I live in, the United States, and spending time with people that are card-carrying NRA members, and I don't know what some of their beliefs are as far as abortion. And so, you know, you just sit there with your mouth shut and you're polite and you don't talk politics or religion because that's the right thing to do. But all the way while you're seething at the idea. And so you, this feels like put a finger down if you spent all 4th of July weekend biting your tongue and seething but wanting to spend time with your family and eat hamburgers and hot dogs and potato salad and shoot off fireworks and spend time with your friends. But all the while, like trying to figure out how you can justify this weekend. (laughs) Right. Finger down. Right. And then something kind of magical happened. And we were in Michigan and my one friend, a couple years ago, he had this humongous speaker and we have a big yard in Michigan and he played Jimi Hendrix version of the Star Spangled Banner. And it was, it was magical. The kids were shooting off smoke bombs and they each had two long sparklers in their hands. And so there was fireworks and sparkling and smoke and Jimi Hendrix and my friend had all red, white, and blue on and we were sitting in the yard and it was just this very magical kind of moment. And I think it's been three or four years now that that took place. And so leading up to this weekend, every now and again, someone would mention, you know, when is our friend going to play the Star Spangled Banner by Jimi Hendrix? And if you haven't heard it, it should be done outdoors and loud. And so we were out on, we had racked off, which connected in a few boats in the middle of the lake. And we were anchored and so that everyone could walk around the different boats and, you know, have sandwiches and high noons and beers and all the things. And I guess it was that time, which it really wasn't, to be honest with you. This is not a sitting on the boat loudspeaker song. This is a yard song if you want to play it at the right, right volume. So I was basically sitting in front of this damn speaker as Jimi Hendrix begins to play. And so I decided to jump in the water with a tube on, you know, with an inner tube and float around with my Yeti. And I thought about the fact that Jimi Hendrix decided to play this song at Woodstock. And I thought about that this was done, I guess that would be the 70s that he recorded that or played that, I should say, at Woodstock. And that what Woodstock kind of was celebrating, was coming together. 
It was so ill-planned, yet it all worked out. It was a bunch of hippies, which I guess I would be a hippie maybe. I don't know. I would. My mentality is that of a hippie. But I was thinking about this Black man with an Afro standing on stage choosing to play the national anthem. His own rendition, it is powerful. It is talented. It is ingenious. It's an ingenious moment of music, of live music. And so as I was floating around in the water in Michigan, listening to Jimi Hendrix play during a time when, you know, maybe his civil rights were not being honored, the rights of black men in this country were not maybe where they should be, considering they still aren't. And I thought about the idea when he was going on stage and what he maybe was thinking and feeling as he played the anthem of our country. And his energy through his music spoke to me in a way that really nothing had so far this past weekend. And that was that the United States has always been flawed. It was created in a space of flaws in the sense that we basically conquered another people's land, the Native Americans that lived here in the United States. We conquered them. We wanted what we wanted and we took it by force and then pretended that we discovered it. And we had slavery we had racism, segregation. We've had um, Japanese internment camps during World War II era. We have treated Black, Brown, and Indigenous people horrifically by way of systemic racism, by way of all sorts of horrible things. And through all that, through all the horrific, in that moment of listening to Jimi Hendrix, I kept thinking that the the way that we feel about the United States and and what kind of the energy behind the experiment that is the United States has always to me been this idea looking back and thinking of Jimi Hendrix on stage is it's more about this pursuit of happiness this idea of hope and possibility, the freedom to protest and the freedom to be angry and frustrated and sad, the freedom to hate our leaders and speak out against them, the freedom to have disdain for what's happening. And in that moment of listening to a Black man on stage in the 70s play the national anthem, I embraced the idea of hope and possibility and the fight and what can be, what hopefully will be. Because as flawed as the United States is, we still get that. And hopefully that doesn't change. Hopefully hope and possibility and the freedom to protest, although we are seeing that many are being put in jail for protesting the the overturning of Roe v. Wade. 
and it's it seems like it's getting worse with the um, Harper case that the Supreme Court is looking at, which puts the voting back to the states, which is basically they said if this gets overturned, it's pretty much the end of the United States as we know it, which I find fascinating and terrifying all at the same time. And so I kind of I kind of was able to kind of fall in love again with United States when I was thinking about Jimmy. I got to kind of fall in love with this sentiment of possibility that we the people kind of hold on to that keeps us going. And when you think about that, when you think about what the Supreme Court is doing right now, which is a very flawed and corrupt Supreme Court. And I'm not really sure why the other channels of government, which would be Congress and the president, isn't kind of doing something about it, but I'm sure there's some jacked up reason. But looking at what's going on now, you know, the thing of it is, is we the people need to come together and figure out how we can hold on to, at the very least, the principles that are a peaceful transfer of power, making sure and ensuring everyone has the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we are all in a forwardly motion of not taking rights away from people, not burning books, not, not going back in time, not going back in time. I mean, the idea that the idea that if I lived in a state and what's really bothering me. okay, so let's go for a minute to the idea that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. It's going back to the states. Some states are not going to allow abortion. Others are. But what's kind of really messing with me is this idea, this this thing that they're talking about where you can't go to another state to get an abortion. So it's like one thing if your state doesn't you know, have the ability or Planned Parenthood, whatever it is, to have an abortion. But there was a girl who was raped by, I believe it was her uncle in the state of Ohio, and she was not allowed to get an abortion. And this is a 10-year-old girl. I mean, what? What? And this is this is not this is not as uncommon as you would think. I was watching a video the other day, Google it yourself, but it was it was somewhere around 30,000 abortions every year are roughly because of rape or incest. And then there was another like 12,000 that are because of an atopic pregnancy. And so it's like now we're at like almost 40,000 abortions every year are because of rape, incest, or atopic pregnancy. Like that's a big number of human beings that next year are going to run into a huge problem because of this abortion ban. And then if they if they prohibit women from going to states that do supply abortions, which I do believe the 11-year-old went to um, Indiana to get the abortion, if I'm correct, you might have to Google that. Like, because you live in a state now, your life is in jeopardy or you're, as a 10-year-old, might have to carry a rape baby for life, you know, like 
this is the stuff that we cannot go back to. We cannot take rights from people. That is not what this country should be about. It just isn't. How do we look at people and say, let's go to the LGBTQ plus community? They're, they're, Clarence Thomas talked about removing the being protected for gay marriage in the United States. That's been protected now. I think Obama is the one that signed that into a protection of our government. How do we look at someone? And I don't care how you look at gay marriage, Okay, if you're a person of religion or, you know, whatever the thing is, let's say you look at the homosexuals and you say, okay, these folks are maybe have made these choices. Okay, whatever the thing is, however you see uh, gay people being gay, they are still in the pursuit of their happiness which is protected by the Constitution. And now all of a sudden, because what is it? It's a six people decide that those that pursuit of happiness doesn't jive with them. We're going to take that away from people that aren't hurting anybody. It just it just isn't the direction our country should be going in. I don't understand why we want to take away voting rights, why we want to take away marriage rights and healthcare choices. I just don't understand how that anyone is letting this happen because six people who lied under oath when they said that Roe v. Wade was a protected decision and that it would not be overturned and then they overturned it. To me, that's perjury. So for, to me, it is a invalid court and they should be kicked out of the Supreme Court. Because if you if you take an oath during your hearing, that is like the job application for being in the Supreme Court and you lie and say one thing and then get on the court and do another thing. I'm sorry, but you should lose your job. Somebody voted you into this position based on your answers, based on what you said you believed in and we took you at your word. I just don't understand how this is all happening. I honestly, if this continues, it is the end of the United States as we've known it. It will be a police state. It will not be for women. It will not be for people of color. It will not be for the LGBTQ plus community and it will be bad. And this is not fear mongering. This is what the fuck mongering. <laughs> this is this can't happen. It just doesn't seem possible. But yet here we are. And as I say that. As I say that, I just think to myself, what are these people thinking is going to happen. What are they trying to accomplish? And when I lean into that, the only thing that I can come up with is that this is a bigger, higher level plan to get to another side of something because 
nobody, no human group can look at this and think to themselves, this is going to go well. No one can do that. And not only is this going to go well, it's going to be able to last. The only reason that anyone would be making these kinds of changes is to bring down the United States. And the only people that would want to bring down the United States is the democracy that it is supposed to be are people that are fascists and want a dictator, which apparently now that we watch the January 6th trial is what President Trump and his lunatic cronies were trying to do. They were literally trying to create some sort of dictatorship situation, which I just can't even. I mean, what planet am I, did I wake up on? It's so bizarre to me. Why would you want to hurt innocent children who have already been hurt and getting pregnant? Why would you want to put poor women who cannot afford another child, why would you want to put them in harm's way to have a child that they cannot care for? If they're birth control, let's say they're on birth control, birth control is still not 100% effective. Accidents happen. If you are on the birth control pill and you take antibiotics, it can negate the birth control pill. And still, if you use a condom, the condom might not work. And then you're like, oh, well, you, you hear these people saying, well, women should close their legs. Dude, they might be in a committed monogamous relationship or married. You're taking away their right for planning their family. I speak to women and families who are married who have abortions based on family planning. This isn't for the 18-year-old who won't close her legs. I mean, it is, but, you know, we got to use more arguments than just whatever is floating around your head as to who's getting abortions. Because the right-wing, holy roller, evangelical lunatics that want to say that abortion is bad, they're like, oh my God, well, she's using abortion as if it's contraceptive. What? That is like one in a million people. And it's probably someone that's on drugs or something. Or who knows? It's some sort of mental illness. There's some reason that they're not getting on proper birth control. And they're using abortion in a negative way. That is not the norm of the person that is getting the abortion. What is in your head? I don't know how to tell you guys this, but the end all be all of spirit is not to become human. It's not like, oh my God, I have to become human. Scrooge thing ever. I don't know if you've been here very long, but this world's a little wacko. And, you know, let's say there's, let's say there's a half a million abortions a year. Oh my God. Do you really want a half a million unwanted children running around? Sweet. Lord, that is not good. I mean, let's say that birth control is 99% effective. So you've got responsible adults in committed monogamous relationships 
And 1% of every time that you have sex, there's a possibility of having a child. On those numbers alone, that's a lot of kids that are unwanted, that abortion is a possibility. And now they're talking about contraception, undoing contraception. I mean, no offense, people, but when I'm sitting here talking about this, it sounds like they're trying to create like a group of humans that are being possibly that are unwanted, that they know are going to work the factories or dig the holes or fix the roads or whatever the thing is that they're worried that they are not going to have enough humans to be in the workforce. Why else would you want almost a million unwanted children running around? Go visit an orphanage in another country for shit. There's an orphanage in Cincinnati, Ohio. I drive by to go to my sister's house. Go visit that orphanage. And you know what? It's always the people that have never adopted. They're like, oh my God, but like these babies will be adopted. How the shit do you know? How do you know that? What if this kid has cystic fibrosis or or spina bifida or spinal meningitis or whatever the hell other issue that this baby is going to die within days, weeks, months of being born. And you're making this woman carry this baby. And then what the hell happens to it? What, what are you doing? What, what planet did we wake up on that this 50 year old, actually not a 48 year old protection is being taken from women who are going to have to deliver babies with their brains on the outside of their skulls or their stomachs missing or severely handicapped. Children that are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, rape and incest, having to deliver these children. What in the actual shit? What is happening? Who thinks this is a good idea? Because it's not. And as fucked up as all of this is, I'm allowed to talk about it. I'm allowed to have a podcast and bitch about these pieces of shit on the Supreme Court and these pieces of shit in government with their smiles and their happy faces, watching these bills be signed. I'm allowed to talk about it. I'm allowed to be angry and not be in fear that someone's going to be knocking on my front door. Now, if I do disappear tomorrow, we will know why. But for right now, I'm still allowed to talk about it. And that's a good thing. I'm allowed to be angry, just like you are. And so I don't know. I don't know where this is all leading. Maybe I could look at it psychically. I don't even know if I want to. I do know that if you're going to protest, in my opinion, I would not protest Roe v. Wade, what I would be, what what would my signs would say is we're voting you out of office. Those would be the signs I would carry. We are voting every Republican that supports these 
practices, we are voting you out of office. It is going to be a blue wave of votes. Don't protest Roe v. Wade. Protest the Republican leaders that are bringing this garbage in. Protest them that you will not tolerate this. Protest the people that are supporting your rights being taken away. And if you're a man that listens to this and you're like, well, I mean, glad I'm not dealing with that. I'm a, you know, heterosexual male. I got nothing to deal with this. It will touch you. No one will be unscathed by this. If you are a man, as I said in my past Roe v. Wade podcast, this does not not affect you because if your son, if you're a father of sons and your son gets a girl pregnant by accident at an ill time of their life, you know, that's not opportune, your child, your son's freedoms and options are not what they used to be. And so no one will be unscathed by the voting situation, the Harper um, being overturned, Roe v. Wade being overturned, LGBTQ plus overturned, if they touch contraceptions overturned. Like it's, this is going to touch everybody. This, this wheel that is spinning of insanity. And I just, I just can't imagine why anyone, why anyone on the Supreme Court thinks that this is going to go well. Unless, of course, they know it's not going to go well, and that is part of the plan. I remember quite a few years ago when they were talking about bringing in tanks and militarizing the police. And this was my, during my really white days, (laughs) when I was super white and I didn't understand anything about Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. This was during my white phase. (laughs) And I remember, oh, God, yeah, the militarized the police. That sounds fantastic. They're going to be like super prepared. Like they're going to be able to get all the bad guys. This is brilliant. Like, yeah, that makes so much bringing this tactical training. And and now they're doing it and they're arresting everyone that is protesting peacefully. And they're killing people that are running away and all of the things. And so where we're headed is exhausting, to be honest with you. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from what they're doing to our country. And for the life of me, come on, guys. Right? Why? Why are we doing this? There's only one reason. They want to switch it over. They want to change something. They want to get to a different place. Why in the shit would you want a dictator? Why? Why would you want to give anyone complete power? Makes no sense. Mm. Unless someone's getting paid off. That would be a pretty big payoff. It's pretty amazing. Pretty crazy. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, in the primaries here, or whatever it's called, midterms, everybody, everybody votes these people out. Hopefully. But like I said, I'm still talking. People are still allowed to listen. 
and we're still allowed to protest. Thanks so much for listening this week. If you're down in the Fort Lauderdale or Miami area tomorrow, you'll be listening to this on Tuesday. So on Wednesday, um, July, what's what will it be? July uh, 13th, I will be at the Miami Drum Circle. And if you go over to Instagram at Meredith underscore Willits, you'll be able to see where I'm at. And I'm also going to be taking part in the Women's March in Fort Lauderdale on July 13th. And that will be where I'm going to be at will be on um, Instagram as well. So if you want to come take part in a peaceful protest women's march in Fort Lauderdale or a drum circle in Miami, I'll have all of that information up on my Instagram page. And we're just going to vibe and chill and drum circle and all the good things. And Um, My daughter and I are going to be hanging out in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. So come hang out with me. Check that out on Instagram and I'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.